Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Monday, September 11th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Three government-run health clinics in St. Louis County serve patients who can't afford treatment elsewhere. But the health department is facing rising costs and staffing shortages. Though it may appear that we have a lot of health systems um, in the St. Louis region, but we break it down by who has access based off of insurance, um, that's where community health centers come into play. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports on a plan that would garner the health department millions more in federal funding each year. United Auto Workers members are prepared to strike if General Motors does not agree to a new contract. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, workers at the automaker's plant in Wentzville say a job action could happen as soon as this week. Bob Dyke is among the nearly 4,000 people who work at the GM plant in Wentzville. He's a member of UAW Local 2250 and was among workers who rallied for support outside the local union hall on Sunday. Dyke says workers made a lot of concessions during the 2008 financial crisis. Our wages right now, with inflation, we're down about $10 because all we've had in that last 15 years is, I want to say, four hard 3% raises, where the other ones were lump sum. Union demands include a 46% pay increase over four years and the return of a defined pension plan for those hired after 2007. The current contract ends on Thursday. GM declined an interview request. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. Parkway schools are implementing new teams of staffers that could help prevent a serious act of violence at its buildings. The district hopes to have a threat assessment team at its central office by the middle of next month and one in every school by the end of the current academic year. They will consist of administrators, guidance counselors, and school resource officers. The district's coordinator of student discipline, Greg Wagner, says they will be trained to evaluate threats made by students and on the proper response. If we had, say, a zero tolerance response, if you make a threat, you get X amount of days of suspension. I think there would be a lot of students who would be unfairly suspended by those practices. Wagner says the district started looking at threat assessment teams after the 2018 shooting in Parkland, Florida. He says the pandemic delayed the launch. Illinois Senator Tammy Duckworth is reintroducing a bill to require seatbelts on school buses nationwide. Emily Hayes has more. A few weeks ago, a student in Ohio died in a bus crash on their first day of school. Duckworth came to Champaign Friday to promote her solution, a federal requirement that all school buses be equipped with seatbelts, automatic brakes, and more. Any fatality or serious injury is one too many when we have proven affordable technologies available today that could prevent such a tragedy. Duckworth has been introducing her School Bus Safety Act since 2018. She says this year she has added supporters like the National Sheriff's Association. Over 1,000 people have died in bus crashes over the past decade in the U.S. Most were in the other vehicle. I'm Emily Hayes. Helping victims of nuclear waste contamination is receiving bipartisan support from Missouri lawmakers. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Kellogg reports that aid could appear in different forms. 
Working its way through Congress is a bill containing compensation for victims of government-caused nuclear contamination in the St. Louis area. That legislation, sponsored by U.S. Senator Josh Hawley, passed with bipartisan support in the Senate. State Representative Paula Brown, a St. Louis County Democrat, agrees with the amendment but also thinks legal action against the federal government would be worthwhile. I believe that's the only direction we can go to get the compensation and the cleanup that is necessary to help those who've survived it or unfortunately not survived it and helped their families. Brown said the Department of Energy needs to own up to the damage it caused. In Jefferson City, I'm Sarah Kellogg, St. Louis Public Radio. Brown made the comments on Politically Speaking. That episode is at stlpr.org. The USDA says the corn crop is showing distress. The administration's most recent report shows farmers in the heart of the country, including Missouri and Illinois, are seeing the biggest problems. Some areas have been hit with the highest drought levels in decades. University of Nebraska Extension educator Eric Hunt says conditions are critical. I think the weather's been more of an impact this year than maybe has been realized. I believe we probably have underestimated the impact of the more recent heat and recent dryness. The USDA says the national average for corn is rated 53% good to excellent. That's down five points in a couple of weeks. Kansas and Missouri have the worst rated corn at only about a third reported as good to excellent. There are dozens of federally qualified health centers, government-supported clinics in Missouri, that serve everyone who walks in the door. They are mostly operated by private nonprofits. Now, officials at the St. Louis County Health Department are banking on a plan that would grant its health clinics a similar status. St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports that if health and human services officials grant the wish, the county could receive millions more each year. Late summer is the busy season at the John C. Murphy Health Center in Berkeley. St. Louis County Health Department workers are knee-deep in patients, providing vaccines for people going back to school and preparing for the upcoming flu season. Laura Romero is a county resident who just moved here from Mexico. I'm getting two shots because I'm doing my, you know, my immigration process. Romero doesn't have health insurance yet, so she says going to a commercial pharmacy was out of the question. And one of these shots was $110 and the other one was $145. At the clinic, she pays $20 for both. So I really think this is a great place to be. Patients like Romero are who the county-run clinics are designed to reach, says County Health Director Dr. Kanika Cunningham. When we think about the most vulnerable population who may not have access to private insurance, uh, Medicaid, Medicare, those who are uninsured, that's where you have a community health center come in. About 40 percent of the county health department's budget, or $32 million this year, goes to clinical services. That includes funding for John C. Murphy and the county's two other clinics. The county last month formally asked the federal government to grant the clinic's status as federally qualified health center lookalikes. If granted, Medicaid and Medicare will reimburse the county more money for treatment it provides. That would add an estimated $6 million annually to the budget. The department will get medicine at lower prices and could be eligible for certain federal grants down the line. Cunningham says more money would help low-income patients on government insurance. Though it may appear that we have a lot of health systems um, in the St. Louis region, but we break it down by who has access based off of insurance, um, that's where community health centers um, come into play. 
Clinics have to meet precise standards to qualify as federally qualified health centers, or FQHCs, says Joe Purley, CEO of the Missouri Primary Care Association. They need to prove that they look just like a full FQHC, meaning that they have a governing board made up of 51% consumers, meaning that they provide medical, dental, and other critical supports for patients. Purley says the county's health centers mostly operate as FQHCs already. Workers offer residents dental care and women's health services in addition to primary care. They offer treatment on a sliding scale and regardless of patients' insurance or ability to pay. And and if they're going to continue to operate these clinics as is, uh, they have a greater opportunity to generate more revenue as an FQHC than they would just continuing status quo. Health Director Cunningham says the department could really use more money. County records show the quarterly number of clinic visits decreased 20 percent between 2021 and 2022, mainly because the health centers don't have enough workers to serve patients. Public health is significantly underfunded. I think it was very apparent during the pandemic, um, and now, you know, we're trying to recover. I mean, the big thing is, you know, workforce investment, um, infrastructure stability. And while the health department's budget has increased, it was allocated $79 million in 2023, the costs for providing care have gone up significantly, too. Derek Melton, chief executive officer of FQHCs for the health department, says the care it provides to Medicaid and Medicare patients gets reimbursed at a much lower rate than for patients with private insurance. The health department budget fills that gap. He says there's a misconception that everyone that lives in St. Louis County is wealthy. I will say again, over 80 to 90 percent of our uh, patients that we see that are county residents are under some type of government assistant insurance payment model. Melton says if federal officials accept the county's application, they'll come for a site visit. And the health department's ready. It's been running dress rehearsal style run-throughs to practice. Melton says it just makes sense for the county to seek federal dollars for work it's already doing. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. Our David Casares edited that report. Before wrapping up, ceremonies are planned throughout the region today to mark 9-11. That includes Scott Air Force Base, where an event will have speeches by base leaders. There will also be a bell ringing and wreath laying. In O'Fallon, Missouri, an observance will take place near a piece of the World Trade Center that was donated by New York City. That will be followed by a public walk along Main Street. There will also be a march today from West County to the Gateway Arch, to mark 22 years since the 9-11 attacks. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Then you disappeared into the dust into the fire Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.